The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on this episode of the podcast, I have Jay Carlson joining me here, the fellow OSU alum, to discuss OSU's game over KU this weekend, which we both know wasn't going to be that eventful to start out with anyways, unless it didn't go well for us, but it did go good for us. It did go good for Oklahoma State. So we're also going to be talking about the Big 12 a little bit as well too today. And with the bye week coming up, we um, will preview the next game, which I believe is Baylor here after the bye week. So Jake, yep. let, let me ask you this. Any big takeaways here from the KU game that you want to just jump into as far as what you noticed, what you didn't notice, what you thought we should have done better, or what we did really good? Um, it, it's difficult for me to judge the KU game. Their starting quarterback did go out. And by starting quarterback, I mean their second string quarterback who happened to be starting. <laughs> so, and, and you know, th- like that, that sucks. That's always tough, especially when you're Kansas, you know, it it sucks um so and i don't think we necessarily expected them to come out and be world beaters but i definitely wasn't expecting us to only give up seven points i think we can all kind of come to a consensus that like sometimes osu can struggle in these games um i don't know if kansas is just like really really bad this year which they might be we've seen that in the past but I don't want to really take anything away from Kansas. I would rather put everything just on OU playing really well. Um, yeah, I mean, it. I thought the defense looked really good. Um, Alienworth did what he was supposed to do, but Chuba, and I know it was Kansas, but at the end of the day, I, I was texting my dad and I said, you know, it's hard because like you almost feel bad for the players at Kansas. You wonder if they're actually that bad. Because I don't think they're at like the players, the individual players. I don't think they're actually that bad, and it's it's almost probably like a culture thing where they're just like they have no confidence and they lose every game, and, and that sucks. So it's hard. Um, but from the OSU side, I was impressed with Chuba. Obviously, he came out and kind of did things that we hadn't seen the past two weeks, and those are defenses that. I don't know how good Kansas's defense is. I never know how good it is. That probably remains to be seen. But it was, I thought he played well. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is like, okay, he's back. Yeah, I think that was really a momentum builder. You know, I think that's the game that, you know, Chuba goes, all right, you know what? Like, able to get another one under the belt of, all right, this was a great game to go off of and look forward to to in the future of you know okay you know all right Chuba had that KU game remember that KU game that was pretty good you know because he looked he looked really, really good you know we had talked before in the first in the first what uh two games Tulsa West Virginia of all right Chuba looks like Chuba's out there he's getting some yardage but doesn't look like the same guys last year you know and this KU game you know he looked just like he did last year just you know just taking guys down, hitting the holes in the right spot, you know, not not being hesitant at all. Well, we're one running the ball too. And, so and that was boun- great. bouncing. He was bouncing outside, which is something that we we both mentioned we didn't see until the last our last offensive play of the West Virginia game. Is when he bounced it outside and ran for a touchdown. But we got to see that a little bit more of him bouncing it outside. Um and just looking like I mean, Desmond Jackson had 10 rushes for 91 yards, and he's our third string. Uh, Chuba got the ball 20 times for 145 yards. So I'd consider that a uh, a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I I really liked how our offense played this week. Now, of course, you have the Dave Hunziker quote of when Tylen Wallace caught that wide-open pass, the nearest guy – to him was at the Lawrence airport because it just no guy was close I mean and there's stuff like that from the KU game where I go man do we scored 47 most all season we doubled our outcome 
of, you know, the both of the first two games combined, I believe. And so we're close to it, I should say. So, you know, I go, oh my gosh, we, you know, we played really, really well, like all this type of stuff, which played amazing. But then I go, I can't talk too much about the offense because of just how wide open Tylen was on that one play. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of makes me go, eh, gotta be hesitant. Gotta, gotta not, not feel too strongly about this game offensively. Now, defensively, I will say Baylor had their first game of the season against KU. Granny was at, you know, at Baylor, so there's not a ton that we can go off here, not a ton of comfort, comfortability as far as the predictions and, you know, taken away from that game, etc. But KU scored 17 on Baylor. KU only scored 7 against us. And to your point, backup quarterback. So, I, again, love our defense a bunch, but that's almost why I said to start out the show, like, we're going to talk about the other Big 12 news as well, just because there's not... There's not too much from this KU game where I'm like, oh my gosh, this play was incredible, and this was incredible. Besides Chuba looking like he's he hasn't missed a beat since last season after this game, you know? Yeah, and it's like, it's one of those things because it's just, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're coming out, and we're beating Kansas, and we move on. That's, now, I will say, I think this was a confidence builder for Ch- not only Chuba but Illingworth as well because um, he he played really well so it, if there was a game that you're like okay like I, I'm cool with this he should come out you know throw the ball try and just get chunk yards like we usually do this was the game to do it and he went 27 for 23 265 yards and three touchdowns what I mean I can't really ask for much more than that. Can you? No, I, 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 I mean, I cannot. That was, you know, as a true freshman coming out and playing against another Big Twelve team with Big Twelve recruits, he played incredibly well. Now I don't know how much I can say. Oh yeah, great KU team with you know, you know, Big Twelve recruits yeah. and all, you know, but he played really well. And for all intents and purposes, that's Shane's best game so far, and that's definitely a confidence builder. And I think that is when we look at the Baylor game coming up here of, hey, all right, so is Spencer going to be back? Is he not? Like, what's what's the deal? Because on one hand, if Spencer's back and he's fully healthy, let's go. And I think that's not even a question that either of us would really have. Well, all right, Spencer's back, fully healthy, let's go, you know. Let's see, you know, let's see our offense does with the full strength, you know, QB1 there. On the other end, though, now Shane is in a great spot where he's had some real experience. He's played in only three games so far, so if he plays in one more, he's still as good on the, you know, on still technically registering this season, and we can move forward without any issues at all if we want to register Shane or not. You know, I, I think that Shane is now in a position as well where if Spencer gets stinged up, doesn't look that great, or that Baylor game just isn't, everything's not clicking as well as it should have, and Spencer looks out of it, slash just doesn't play in that well, or whatever, has a game like he did against Texas Tech last year, or whatever it is, hey, listen, Shane Ellenworth has got to have the confidence now to play really well. You know, he started two Big 12 games, won two of them, and then came in to help finish out um, you know, a non-conference team in Tulsa that beat the number 11 team in the country last week, uh, last weekend in UCF to go, all right, you know what? Like Shane's got the confidence to come in here and play really well for us too. So I think altogether, this is awesome for, this is as good as it could have worked out for OSU, right? You would, you would think true freshman quarterback, you know, granted coming out of Norco, California, which is, I mean, cowboy country out in California. It's not nec- It's not the. It's not the coast at all. And you can talk more about that in a second, of course. But I think that this guy coming in as a true freshman, playing really well, getting a bunch of experience, and looking like a really solid backup if needed, is a great way that we can be in this position right now. And also leading the Big Twelve. Great. I know it's only two weeks into the Big Twelve season, three weeks into the total season, but still. As good as we could hope for, to be honest. You know, Spencer Sanders goes down the first quarter of our first game, and oh my gosh, are we going to win this game, let alone even think about the next two. Ends up, we're 3-0. Yeah, and, you know, 
it's the best possible circumstance that we've gotten so far. It's it's hard to say otherwise. And, you know, if we look on to Baylor, because I guess that's more so like sitting here and bashing Kansas is dumb. <laughs> like that's just we're wasting our time. We're wasting Calvin's time. We're wasting everybody else's time. So sitting here and bashing Kansas is just kind of it's it's pointless. So Baylor actually ended up beating or losing. Sorry. They ended up losing to West Virginia by six. Uh, that was in overtime. So given that, I, I would say that looking ahead, we should beat Baylor. But we can't always just use the transitive property and apply it to everything else, especially if, like Calvin said, especially if uh, Sanders isn't coming back. You know, we don't know that yet. And if Illingworth is playing, um, he didn't exactly play great against West Virginia, so I'm not going to say that he's almost like a shoe-in to play well against Baylor, but if if he were to play. But given the fact that West Virginia beat Baylor um, in overtime, we should we should beat Baylor, right? We should. Yeah, it, it sh- that that shouldn't be too hard, I would think. You know, if you, and you talk about the transit property, I like that, but... You know, we beat a team pretty well, considering that beat a team, beat the next team we're playing, and we have a bye week in between and all type of stuff, too. I think that works really well for us and our, like, just has to work in our favor. I would love to see how Spencer Sanders works with this offense, with everything at full strength, with the play calling back to maybe normalcy, I'll say, because then all of a sudden, all stuff you're practicing over the offseason and did last year or whatever you're just running with because as we know this team coming to the year was three-headed monster of the two guys we know who are great and the one guy with some question marks from last season the guy with question marks spencer sanders recovering from a thumb injury you know that you know um they missed the end of the season last year and missed the last couple games but you got chuba and you got talent so you know, you've got a wide receiver that's Blinnikoff Award runner-up, and you've got, I mean, a guy who should, definitely should have gone to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I've said enough about that because he led college football in rushing yards and had rushed for over 2,000 yards for the first time for any college running back in a while. So, you know, be as it may, this is the three-headed monster, and let's get that third dude back and see how Spencer Dallas was this offense. I would love to see that if he's fully healthy, and if not... Shane should be able to take, you know, take control of the game and still beat Baylor, even though it's at Baylor. Yeah, and that, I mean, we should come out and win. I think that's that's almost. I don't like getting too lofty of expectations, but that's what should happen. We should come out and we should beat Baylor. Like, period. And I don't think Baylor's a bad team. I was honestly surprised they lost to West Virginia. Uh, but we should come out and we should win. That's especially if Spencer's playing. Yeah. Especially if Spencer's playing and yeah, I mean, I can reiterate it. And if he's not playing well, then we've got Shane. I, you know, I'm all things considered. I'd give this past week, you know, I mean, if the offense, you know, I think, a I think a B, you know, we, that's, you know, one, one hand, we didn't score 60 against, KU on the other hand they scored 47 which I don't know how much I don't know how it gets much better you know what I mean like I think our offense is good as we could have expected from this past weekend for sure so it's almost like it's almost an A but it's just a B because I'm like it's still KU I don't know how to judge this defensively I give us an A and we helped KU to to one touchdown when our backups were in so that's an A I can't get any I can't get away from that at all if we want to go into position guys I think Chuba gets an A I think Tylen gets an A. I think Shane gets an A. You know, just the offense gets a B as a whole. Because I'm like, you know what? I think we could have kept the pedal down a little bit farther. You know, and pushed it really into the floor to get to 60. But, I mean, why get to 62? Why into your starters? So, you know, I mean, it's like a B plus, A minus, or whatever you want to say on that, too. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much more to say about OSU. I really don't. Considering they don't play this week and... We played Kansas last week, you know. I I agree with your rankings. I'd maybe go a little bit higher for the offense just because I'm like, 
good job. You do what you were supposed to do. And it would be negligent to, you know, look down upon that. If you come out, you know, it's like people bash LeBron. Oh, well, he had an easy route in the Western Conference Finals. Well, yeah, he did. But he also played the people in front of him. It's not his fault. Right. This is an A student getting A's on a test. You know, this is not, you know what I mean? This is... It's not an A student getting a 36 on the ACT or something crazy awesome. You know, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is an A student getting A's on a test. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Texas and, you know, or Iowa State or K State. And the why, reason why I throw those out is because K State and Iowa State have beat OU. And OU is OU, as we've, as we've known, you know, before the punt it again, Bob. I mean, OU's got a new head coach now and three new quarterbacks since then. They're on their fourth new quarterback since Bob Stoops was coaching there, and you know we haven't won the we haven't won the Big Twelve, let alone beat OU in uh, what five seasons total? I think I'm doing the math right, maybe four. So I'm gonna um, double check. I think we beat him that Baker's first season, I think, but I honestly am not sure. I I know we beat him when we had Tyreek Hill, of course, and he ran back the touch, yeah, you know, ran back the punt uh, sent to overtime, then we beat him then. So. Let, let me say that this was, on the last that was the last time 2014 was the last time we won. Okay. So yeah, five years. So, so five years, this would be the sixth year that we wouldn't be to you if this, you know, if we don't, which I hope we will, but I wanted to say this real quick about the Baylor game before we start talking about OU and Texas, et cetera, et cetera. How, how tough of magic do you think Baylor is? Because we know they can score, you know, they scored the same amount of points on KU that we did. And that's the only really other comparison I have for them necessarily, because the you know, Baylor's only played two games. One they lost to a common opponent, and then they beat the other common opponent that we had. But we also beat that common. We've beaten both the teams that they played. So, do you do you like our chances going to play Baylor? What's like your confidence level on the fact on like the fact that you think we'll win? I'm not necessarily asking for a score prediction, just confidence level that we'll beat Baylor at Baylor. Um. I would say my confidence level is about what it was for West Virginia. Um, and I think that's completely fair, given that West Virginia beat them in overtime. I mean, if, if if you're playing in overtime, you're probably pretty even teams. You know, that's just... And, yeah, I mean, I was probably... I mean, you know I'm a pretty skeptical fan when it comes to this stuff. So, but I'll give credit when it's due. And... And I wasn't incredibly confident about West Virginia. I said that I wasn't, especially after Spencer went down, I wasn't like, we're going to win and, you know, call it a day. Uh, so that's probably how I feel about Baylor. Probably, do I think we'll win? Yeah. But do I think it's going to be an easy game? Absolutely not. I think, I think that's my thing, because West Virginia wasn't by any stretch of the imagination an easy game. That's where I'm at too. Is that West Virginia wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an easy game. It was definitely way too close of a game, way too late in the game. You know, I think that I felt really comfortable about that game. For I would say seventy to seventy-five percent of the game, I felt really comfortable that we were going to win. But there's another twenty-five percent where West Virginia's rolling down the field and we're just not being able to stop them on slant routes. And then oh, okay, we stopped them. We're good. You know, like they got yeah they got far enough where we got serious and okay, we're good. So, I don't know. I mean, I really, really, really want us to beat Baylor, of course, and beat every other team we play this season. And, heck, you know, if we can go undefeated, that'd be incredible, of course. But I'm also trying to be a little bit more realistic and maybe pessimistic and whatever it is, too, that, okay, Baylor was in the Big 12 Championship last year, and they haven't lost every starter on their offense and defense. So, as more games that they play, they'll get better every single game they play, just like we do. So, mm-hmm. I, as far as like the percentage confidence thing wise, I'd say I give us a, oh man, I'd I'd say I give us like a like an eighty to eighty five percent that will beat Baylor at least in the confidence wise because I haven't seen us slip up badly against West Virginia, Tulsa, or you know KU. And by slip up badly, I mean like a ton of turnovers where we lost the ball and nobody looks good, whatever. I have no reason to really doubt his confidence wise that we can pull off a win. 
that West Virginia game was much closer than I would like it to be, of course, and it's much more stressful, but we still were leading, I think, I believe, almost the whole game, and we put in another touchdown at the end just to cap it off when we probably could have just kicked a field goal or kneeled it or whatever I said on the last podcast we did about OSU. So that's, you know, I guess like an 80%, maybe it's 75% at this point just because they're just going to get better every game that they play too. But then again, they played West Virginia last week and it seemed like they had a pretty even matchup with them, as you just said. So we should have a, you know, pretty even, pretty similar matchup in uh, Baylor that we did West Virginia and we beat West Virginia. So I think we'll be Baylor. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, well said. So I just wanted, I remembered that I saw this. This was from a PFF college. Um, they're verified on Twitter, but they have a lot of like Gabe follows them and Elijah. Uh, isn't it pro football focus? Is that what it yeah. stands for? Pro football focus college. I so, so they said most snaps at outside corner without a single yard allowed. Take a guess. Who's number one. It's number eight. It's Rodarius Williams. Yep. At 70. Number two. Has 52 snaps. At like, isn't that like 140 something? Like almost double? So Rodarius Williams has 70. Has 70 and Jaden Hill has 52 snaps. Oh, 52 snaps. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking yards. So okay. it's total zero snaps. yards. Yeah. And zero yards allowed in most mess snaps. Thank you. Okay. So, I mean, I will say Rodarius Williams has looked very good. Very good. Oh, yeah. And he's he's guarding the slants, you know, the digs, everything. And I've been nothing but impressed in a where we haven't, like, Justin Gilbert was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't a cover corner like this. Like, yeah. There were very few, like, he's not locking people down. Like, the Rodarius Williams is out there locking people down. And at the same point, the most recent guy that I'd say is like AJ Green, who is I think still plays for the Browns, right? Yeah, he's still still um, I think he's on the practice squad for them, or still you know roster spot, whatever it is that he's fighting for. So, and he was our best corner we had for like a past couple seasons. So having mm-hmm. various, I mean, he's played awesome so far. Could not say good nothings about him. No. I do want to say this, though. So after the Baylor game, uh, we play Iowa State home, Texas at home, at K-State, and then by week, and then at OU, and then to finish off the season, Texas Tech, and the last game, last game of the regular season, at least, at TCU. So it's, I mean, I don't want to say a gauntlet, but like, what, West Virginia. Um, it's a back, it's backloaded. Oh, for, well. I think the Big 12 is just tougher this year than I would have said before. And the reason why I say that is because yeah. Iowa State and K-State both beat OU, and I still think OU is going to be pretty darn good. And, you know, listen, OU definitely doesn't look that great defensively this year at all. Offensively, they have way too many turnovers than they'd like, I'm sure. As, you know, I mean, that's always happens with every team. But um, OU has more turnovers than usual, for sure. And so, I just... Uh, I think that at some point we're going to face a really tough team. And I almost hope that Iowa state is really good because we do face them at home. And if they if Iowa state's like, let's say the theoretically the second best team in the big 12 as of today, then I'd like to face them as good as they are because once we play, once we have to play Texas and K state, and then we have the bye week that bye week before OU is going to be, you know, Really, really nice to have, of course, but OU's always tough, and it's at o, it's in Norman, it's, you know, the whole thing this year, too. That's just not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It never is. It never is. There are, I'd say that Texas is our, like, biggest rival in the Big 12, just because how rivalries work, at least for my understanding, is you go back and forth, and I think that Texas necessarily isn't one of our biggest rivals, just because, more than not, like, we were beaten like this past decade. We beat Texas. Like we we own the record against Texas this past decade easily in football. 
before this past decade, it does, you know, you go back and it's definitely Texas, like the number two team in the big 12 <laughs> and always the second best or the best, you know, I mean, national championship more. Yeah. They've won the most recent national championship in the big 12. Granted, was with Vince Young in 05, but still, um, listen, I don't think I'm forgetting anything there too. So I would say OU is our, you know, biggest rival or whatever, but I think OU is the team that every single season I go, man, if we beat them. That matters more than if we win the bowl game. If we beat OU, that matters more than we win the bowl game. Because generally, I'm not thinking that we're going to win the Big 12. Year in, year out. Well, There's the Mason Rudolph year with James Washington when they're both seniors where I'm going, dude, I think we have a really, really good shot. I know I did a podcast about, dude, I think we'd be a dark horse college football playoff team. This year, on the other hand, I think, you know what? Everything's playing out really well for us so far. Cards are in our favor through three weeks. Yeah, and, you know, with the OU stuff, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, based off of how the season's going, we should beat them. Based off of how they've looked so far, we should beat them. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen at all. I don't. But, I mean, it. it's a perfect point. Like, we've, we've owned Texas. We absolutely have owned them, mm-hmm. and that's not disputable. Any Texas fan can come. You can call me, and I'll drag you in the ground. But OU, I mean, it's hard because we do this every year. Every year, we 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 still have to play OU at the end of the day. And we we talked about this earlier. I'll go ahead and get into it. Yeah. So i I don't have a problem being confident with your team where I do have a problem and I'm very like a, a bad juju kind of person. Um, so there's a lot of people on Twitter that I'm seeing are making fun of OU for being, you know, one and two and whatnot. And, you know, they would probably do the same thing, but, but they win. We don't. And, you can be confident about OSU. That's fine. But once you start bashing OU, it's like, all right, guys, we still have to play them at the end of the day. And until we win, I, I don't really know why why we're talking about them. So, because cause it doesn't matter if they're one and two. Because if we go out and lose to Baylor, if we go out and lose to OU, if we go out and lose to Texas... They don't care. We won't be playing them. Well, we'll be playing them no matter what, though. Um, but in the know, Big 12 November. championship, we won't, we won't be playing them. Oh, you'll be lucky to play in the Big 12 championship this year. I. <laughs> but I guess that's my thing, though, is, is that this is a year where the cards are lining up for us, where, where the pieces are lining up of, hey, man, this could be a really, really good year where we have a shot at winning the Big 12. You know, any single person who's been to Oklahoma State game knows that there is the 2011 Big 12 champion, um, you know, I don't know if you want to say plaque or, you know, wording or whatever that's put on Boom Bacon Stadium, you know, it's behind the East End Zone. And I'm really, really proud to have witnessed the game in person when we beat OU that year, 44-10, to 10, and it's definitely a huge highlight of mine as far as attending sports games, especially with my dad and family or whatever, because of how many times OU has beaten us. And how much the record has gone the other way. So, it listen, OU is not the last game on our schedule this year like it was back in 2011. So, more than likely, the Big 12 champion, at least regular season, will not be known, you know, when we beat OU. You know, more than likely, you know, we'll still have to play those final two games for either us to be Grand Book <clears throat> champion or somebody else or whatever works out, you know. But I will say this. The amount of times that I, as an OSU fan, as an Oklahoma State, you know, student athletics intern, you know, and whatever it may be, have have been told, oh, yeah, wait till you guys play OU and wait till wait till this happens. Wait till this happens, whatever. And, you know, oh, did OSU lose again? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you know, being told to me at church and, you know, at school via just somebody commenting back on Instagram or whatever it is, whenever I'm like, hey, you know, we still had a, you know what, still had a good game. Well, you know what? A win's a win. And you know what? Like, those awesome white 
Thurman Thomas jerseys was also a win for us as far as, you know, every, you know, at least from what I've seen, of course, of fellow other Oklahoma State fans sharing Instagram accounts of Oklahoma State had the best uniforms this week or whatever, right? Like, there are simple wins that I can take and look forward to because those are wins as far as recruiting stuff. It's recruiting wins mm-hmm. and all type of stuff. Us being able to play Baylor at 6.30 p.m. on a Saturday night, that is a recruiting win because we're on national television no matter what, right? And so, granted, you really want to win that game, but it's you know what it, it this is it's this season. If we lose to Baylor, then all of a sudden it makes our it makes our outlook a little more complex. But then every team in the Big Twelve has at least lost one game. Granted, Iowa State in case they haven't lost Big Twelve games, but they've lost you know non conference games. So I really do get excited when OU loses for t- just for two reasons because I think that means that one. We are put in a great position as Oklahoma State fans. Uh, okay, so like last year when OU lost to K-State, I wasn't that excited about it. I was like, oh man, this doesn't happen. But I wasn't that excited about it because, to be honest, we didn't look that great. And it wasn't like we were going to go out and just win everything, whatever, and have a shot at the Big 12 championship just because OU lost one game. But the other part of it is, is that not only is this stuff lining up really well for us, but... Oh, you just doesn't look that great, you know, on the other hand, right? It also looks like on one hand, hey, it looks like we'll have a shot at the Big 12, you know, championship game, all type of stuff, whatever, because normally our in-state, you know, opponent, it takes one of those two spots, right? This year, who knows if they're going to have one spot or, you know, or no spot or, or whatever, you know? I mean, heck, at the end of the year, we could be seeing, you know, Texas Tech play K-State. Who knows, right? But... We this this works out better for us when OU loses. On that note, you know when they lose games, it it makes it better because normally they're the team that we'd have to look at and go crap. We're we gonna have to face them again for the Big Twelve Championship. And on the other hand, they don't look that great. Their defense allowed thirty seven points to Iowa State. They have a lot of turnovers on offense. Um, at the end of the day, they're true. They're excuse me, redshirt freshman quarterback who's a five star who has a TV show or series. You know, and Spencer Radler. Um, put out about him and all type of stuff. And their backup, Tanner Mordecai, I believe, is known for maybe transferring after the season because there's no way he's going to start ever over Spencer. It just looks like OU for one season. For one season, this doesn't look that great. Because, you know what, the past three seasons, I'd go, okay, Baker Mayfield, yeah, they're probably going to be pretty darn good. Oh, when's the Heisman cultural playoffs? Kyle Murray, <laughs> you know what, dude? I don't I don't know. They're going to have to read the offense a little bit because Kyler's a lot faster than Baker is athletically. But, heck, we know Kyler still is a great, you know, athlete and probably could do really well. Heisman, you know, college football playoffs. Okay, all right. Well, Jalen Hurts. How good could Jalen Hurts be in this OU offense? Oh, he really likes to throw the ball. Big 12 is a bunch of throwing teams, whatever. Oh, so Jalen Hurts goes to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Grant doesn't win it for the third OU year in a row, but still goes to the ceremony, which is incredible, and then wins Big 12 and cultural playoffs. So it's just, after three years of that, and that being OU, and that being a bunch of people that I went to high school with, is, you know, is, is their school they went to, or, you know what, people who didn't even go to OU, I mean, you know, it makes sense. If you're not going to go to OU, like, you know, you don't go to OSU, like, you you can still be a, you can be a fan of whatever team you want to be. I'm not going to harp on you for that. But knowing for, you know, one out of these past three, you know, past four seasons, I guess, so this is the fourth season going, OU's just, we, we got a we shot this year. We got a shot to beat OU. They don't look that good. You know, we got a shot to not only just beat OU, but also maybe Big 12 Championship. And then who knows after that? Then after that, it's gravy to me at this point. Because we just yeah. haven't made it to the Big 12 Championship since they've had this Big 12 Championship game. You know, so since we've gone down to 10 teams. So... That's why I, as an OSU fan who's, I mean, not born, but raised and from Oklahoma for all intents and purposes, is excited when OU loses because it's like, oh my gosh, we as the underdog might have a shot this year. You know, we've talked about this before, and I've said this before on previous podcasts, but Oklahoma State has to, at least right now, be the LSU or Georgia equivalent of the SEC as we are in the Big 12, right? We have to be that team that goes... Hey, you know what? Okay, listen, it sucks that Tua Tagovailoa got hurt for Alabama, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? LSU beat him straight up when he was healthy and playing in the game. 
And we basically need to have a situation where stuff lines up for us, you know, where, you know, okay, we didn't get transferred necessarily as our quarterback, but the two guys who normally would have left for the NFL out of Oklahoma State and Chuba, Hubbard and Tylen Wallace end up coming back. Okay, so we can re-up. And then OU just doesn't look that great. All right, so that, that makes the path a little bit easier. We got to have stuff line up for us because, you know, to be honest, and I think you would agree with me here on this as well, if OU has Kyler Murray starting quarterback this year and they haven't lost a game yet, I'm still not feeling that confident about the Oklahoma State team because I know down the road a little bit, there's that OU team that looks really, really good, that's still top five in the country if they're, you know, if they're unbeaten and it's going to be hard to play no matter what. And they start to be hard to play no matter what. So just... I get excited when OU loses because it makes our path easier, and it's because, you know, of twofold, it makes our path easier. It makes it where hopefully we wouldn't have to face them again, because it's always tough to face them no matter what. And, okay, the one time we do have to face them, no matter what, it looks like they won't be as tough as normal. Fingers crossed. You know, knock on wood. Be a little happy about it. Yeah, and I think my main thing is, like, not you in particular, but people that I see on social media is just, don't get ahead of yourself. We still have to play Baylor. We still have multiple games that we have to play before we face OU. So I'm not even thinking ahead to there because I'm like, we still got to play these other teams before we even get to OU. Before we even, it's like, yeah, you can sit here and go, oh, Big 12 championship. Yeah, okay. We still got to play other teams. And based off of our track record, we don't always win those games. We don't always win those games that we are supposed to win. Nevertheless, losing to OU as well. We'll lose to your K-State or we'll lose to your Iowa State. And Iowa State looks really freaking good. Because I was talking to some of my OU fans during the game and I was pretty indifferent on who won and who lost. I, I didn't, because I think they're both really good teams and I think they would both probably have a say in who plays in the big 12 championship. So in my opinion, it didn't really, cause like if, if Iowa state lose, if Iowa state had lost OU, Iowa state could still run the table. They looked like a very capable team to run the table in the big 12 and only have one loss to OU. So I was pretty indifferent on it. Um, but like you said, OU has looked bad. They do not look good. And I wouldn't even necessarily blame the offense, but their defense looks terrible. I've seen a lot of statistics about OU, and their defense is really bad. They're not forcing turnovers. They're not pressuring the quarterback. They're not getting sacks. They're not getting any of that. Whereas you see OSU, and we are getting some of that. So it, it's – and this year, OU doesn't have – the offense to back up their lack of defense. Now, granted, their defense probably hasn't been this bad in years past, but their offense has also been better. So it's a bad storm for OU of just like, okay, well, your defense sucks and your offense isn't as good as it has been. But I just, I personally don't want to get ahead of myself because I know that we still have to play Baylor and I know that we still have to play TCU and I know that we still have to play Texas. And while it's all good and great that o, OU loses, I, I'm i still, like, we play at Baylor, Iowa State at home, Texas at home, at K-State, at OU, Tech, at TCU. That's not fun at all. Because <laughs> we could very well go beat Baylor, beat Iowa State, and then the next week we have to play Texas. And then the next week we have to go to K-State. And then we go to OU. And then we play tech at home and then we go to TCU. Like that's not, that's not favorable, but does OU losing help OSU? Absolutely. Now me as a sports fan, I'd like to beat a team when they're at their best. Most of the teams that I root for don't do that at all. Cause I'm a wizards fan and I can't really say much about Liverpool cause we just got trounced this weekend. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's looking favorable, but we have to do the things against the other teams and OU that we have not done in the Mike Gundy era at all. And so until we do that, I'm going to reserve my right to talk crap about OU 
Well, I'm I'm not on one hand, I'm not gonna come out and say, oh my freaking gosh, oh you sucks. Because I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they look a little bit worse than they normally do. You know, there's a big difference in that in my mind. Because on one hand, I tell you, yeah, KU sucks. Because I think that's pretty easy to see. You know, they lost to Coastal Carolina to open up the season. You know, and then they lost to us by 40. And they lost to um, Baylor by 30 plus. And you know what I mean? Like, that's easy to see. Oh, you just looks a little bit. Oh, you just looks a little bit easier to play this year. They look beatable this year, you know, so far. By the time we play them. They, oh, you could not lose another game until we play them, and then it's, oh my gosh, OU's, you know, a nightmare to play against, it's a primetime game, whatever it ends up being, it's, you know, you know, I mean, it's just tough to, you know, it's at OU, it's in, in Norman, the whole thing, so I do get excited because it's, okay, this gives us a better shot, but I'm not talking crap about OU, and I don't think that's what you're getting at as far as me here, I think that no, more or less all. it's, it's it's a bunch of the OSU fans who are like, just can't wait for OU to lose. And I think that that is also something that I'm um, always interested in more and always kind of excited to see when OU loses because it's like, because at this point for me, I dislike the, the New England Patriots and I dislike OU in the same sense of the word as well. But am I almost my dislike for OU is more intense because also they – because New England's not beating the Dallas Cowboys to knock them out of the playoffs every single year and knock them out of success, right? <laughs> but OU is beating yeah. Oklahoma State Cowboys to knock them out of the you know knock them out of playoff contention, success, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, or Absolutely. you know just knock us out, you know, to beat us. You know, period. They're they're playing us. They're a common opponent. You know, you know if I was a huge Miami Dolphins fan, then then maybe you know or whatever. But that's division's not like as competitive as the Big Twelve is. So. I don't know. It's hard to put it all into context, but I also dislike OU because they always win all the time, you know, because I'm like, oh, dude, can you just give us a year where we can try to be good, you know? And then it's basically like I've said, you know, it's it's like, all right, it's this year where everything's starting to line up. And I keep repeating that. My name of the podcast did, but everything's lining up for us, you know? You know, um, heck, right now, if we're OSU, you know, we're playing, uh, we're playing blackjack and we keep getting Del Aces every hand. You know, and, yeah. and and we'll take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it's I'll it's not a this. bad position to be in for us, and it's exciting, and it's, it's I'm optimistic it's, about this season. And yeah, it's only three games in, right? Shouldn't get too all ahead of myself, but it's also only a ten game season, so I want to be. You know, we're a third of the way through the season, kind of. So uh, the excitement's there. And I'll say this: while you said earlier you grew up an OSU fan, and obviously I've known this for six years um <laughs> so it's it's different because i did i grew up a florida fan where i saw florida absolutely annihilate ou in the national championship mm-hmm. now i was a kid if someone wants to bash an eight-year-old kid for rooting for florida then you're pathetic um that's all i have to say about that but i you know so i didn't necessarily grow up hating ou I liked Texas when I was a kid because they had Vince Young. I think everyone kind of had like a soft spot for Vince Young when they were a kid because they're like, oh, he's really cool. You know, he he runs really fast and can run all over people. Um, At least outside the Big 12, everyone kind of liked Vince Young. And so that was a little different. But then I I got older. And while I don't have this for LeBron because I think he plays like a baby, I have this for Alabama. And I have it for OU. What other good team? My mom with the Clemson, so that's like a completely out, complete outlier. Uh, but I, I just have like more of a soft spot respect for them that I'm like, well, it's hard for me to talk crap about them because they back it up. Well, I have respect for um, for Bob Myers, the Golden State Warriors GM, right? Yeah, like absolutely. All right, dude, listen, everything fell just right in your lap and worked out perfectly where Curry has the injury and you're able to sign him for way less than what he ends up being worth later on. You know, I mean, how could you project that? But also, how could you project to Clay Thompson to fit perfectly and Draymond to fit perfectly as a second round pick and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I mean, this is all before KD even signs with the Warriors, right? This is just mm-hmm. how, how, you know what, shot to him, respect for him, you know? Respect a lot, honestly, right now for AJ Bro and the San Diego Padres because, like, they again have really, really built the stuff out, but they're 
granted they have yet to have you know any success other than you know making it to the playoffs this year so the, Bra- I, you know, the Braves I won again that. today by the way the Braves Shout won again to the today. Braves I mean but also Shout like I I have respect I guess in the same way for the Yankees and for Bill Belichick and the Patriots and for whoever yeah. because I dislike you, but at the same time have respect for you because it's just it's so hard to consistently win like that year in, year out. Now, I will say this. College football, I don't think it's as hard just because once you have a system set up of you're a winning culture in that conference, right? It'd be really, really hard right now for Notre Dame to just be incredibly good every single season. You know what I mean? Kansas. Oh, well, no, I'm, see, I'm talking Notre Dame is that even though Notre Dame is a school everyone would love to go to and is really, really good and et cetera, et cetera, all type of stuff, right? It still is really, really hard to say, oh, you know, I'd love to go to Notre Dame year in, year out because one year they play at USC, at Stanford, what, there's a couple of seasons ago they played at Texas, you know, they had back-to-backs with them or whatever, um, uh-huh. they play Michigan, they play Ohio State, I believe, like, Notre Dame plays everyone, it seems, right, they have the toughest teams they play against, and of course, there's some weeks where I'm sure they play, like, Purdue or somebody, right, but they're not in a conference, so it's hard to systematically set them up every single year as just being incredibly good, now, it does also works out in their favor, I'm not gonna lie, but, if you're a recruit and you're one of the best recruits period in the country in Clemson, Alabama, you know, um, UCLA, SC, and uh, in Georgia offer you, right? I would think if your path at the end is to go to the NFL, you're going to choose Alabama or Clemson because they're consistent winners in their conference, or even so, or even Georgia. Well, but I so so the but the reason why I throw in Georgia there is because like I'd almost throw in like Oklahoma State if you're talking about Big Twelve, but I don't want to necessarily throw in my team as part of the example, you know, my team that I have rooting interest for. I want to say like Georgia because Georgia, listen, they've been in the cultural playoffs. They played one year against OU, of course, and they you know barely beat them. Um, and they're really, really good year in year out, but they're just not they're not that team, right? If you're choosing between Alabama and Georgia. You, you, you you might be choosing Georgia because you think you have more playing time, right? You know, because, yeah. okay, you can come in and play probably as a sophomore or whatever it lines up to be as. You know, the guy in your position is a junior. Maybe he'll leave this year, whatever it is, right? But if you're trying to be consistent and go, you know what, dude, I have a surefire. If I'm the best guy, if I believe in myself fully, then, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that guy. You know, I'm going to be that well, dude and win. And and I wanted to make like kind of a comparison to your Notre Dame comparison. I view Notre Dame the same way I view Texas because they're not good and they haven't been good for the past. OU has or OSU has been better than them. Notre Dame just plays a crap schedule every year, and anybody that wants to tell me that they go play all three academies and call it three wins, so shut up like just leave me alone but they play a crap schedule every year they do i'm sorry and so my respect for ou alabama um i don't really count clemson um i guess ohio state even though i like i can't i hate i don't i hate ohio state more than i hate ou um just because i think the big 10 is like massively overrated and i think if ohio state played in any other conference they wouldn't do as good um but that's neither here nor there so the way i look at Notre dame is i'm like you're overrated every year and you don't play a very good schedule and you win your schedule but you also schedule your own games and with texas i'm like you're overrated every year and you don't win all your games and you don't schedule them, but yet you're still, you still, what did I tell you earlier? They'll, they'll go through a whole season. They'll be unranked and they'll play, I don't know, Mississippi state in a bowl game and win. And then in the end of the year, 24th up oh, another ranked season. No, you guys suck. And you know, your claim to fame is beating Georgia in the sugar bowl over the last 10 years when half their team was going to the draft. Like, that's why I dislike 
Texas more than OU, and it's probably more of just like a you're an annoying thing opposed to like my respect for OU outweighs my respect for Texas, which allows me to dislike Texas way more. Fair. I'll, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm not going to say you can't have that opinion or point, but I, I, I'd say that I, yeah, I dislike Texas because that they get you know, more of the national hype and talk and whatever it is when it really should be us over the past, you know, I mean, you look at the past 10 years, like it should, it should be Oklahoma State getting that now. You know, they're taking, they're almost taken away from us just because that they have the, you know, or the history, you know, well, they have the history or, you know, whatever it is. So I, I, I like Texas in the fact that they play OU really tough and we get to see if OU is good or not every single year, but I also dislike them because historically they've been good and decent and they get the benefit of the doubt of being good year in, year out. Sam Ellinger gets the Heisman Trophy talk and all type of stuff, whatever. When are we really talking about Ellinger like that every single season or, oh wait, Oklahoma State had this one guy named Chuba Hubbard last season who led the, led the nation in rushing yards. So you know, like, I just, I I wish at some point that Oklahoma State could get that recognition, get that benefit of the doubt of, hey, dude, Oklahoma State looks like they could have a top 10 team this year, you know, and being top 10, top 10, instead of Texas being ranked ahead of us in the Big 12, in, excuse me, in the um, AP preseason rankings, because they're Texas, you know, and it's, they have Ellinger or whatever, but it's not necessarily that they're going to be that good you know and and texas could surprise some people and could surprise me and we could end up playing texas in the big 12 championship granted we've only played every team in the big 12 has only played two big 12 games so far right there are there are seven more left but i just i i am really tired of texas getting just the benefit of the doubt of being good historically year in year out when at the end of the day like they they're all right you know, they're not horrible, but they're not that great. You know, besides that time when we beat them 13 to 9, you know, that's the last time where I went, ah, who knows who's good, who's better this year, us or them, when we beat them 13 to 9, because they missed a lot of stuff they should have had there, and we missed a lot of stuff we should have had in that game, too. And every single year after that, I think Texas beating us, um, you know, once at their place since then, I think it was last year, but I know we beat them on homecoming when our Thar. Beautiful orange Barry Sanders jerseys. I'll remember that vividly because I watched that with a Texas alum in San Diego and had to really bite my tongue for a lot of it because I was really fist pumping, you know, in my head, like really excited because that was a nationally televised game again and we looked incredibly good and we beat him. You know, Tylen Wallace is like a, a huge, huge highlight from that game of just almost ripping the ball out of uh, Texas defenders' hands. And we played incredibly well that game, but it was with a walk-on quarterback. As our guy, too. So that's why I get annoyed about Texas because, like, sometimes we're just kind of straight up beat Texas and they think they, they think they should be beating us. But, you know, you have Coach Tom Herman walking down the field defending his player Hager or whatever in the end of that 2018 game. Even the dude's being an idiot and jumping off sides and trying to stir something up to end the game when Oklahoma State won. So, and eh. what we're seven and ten against them is that right seven and ten in the past, over the last, or yeah. seven and three over the last 10 years that that sounds right i don't doubt it at all i would so, say that i would say historically if i asked anyone including ou fans hey who's the second best team in the big 12 over the past 15 years you know they, they'd say osu and that that for a lot of times is why i like gundy as a head coach because at least now we're known as the second best team in the big 12 by anyone but I understand your gripes and, of course, the off-the-field stuff with Gundy and whatever else as well, too. So, I mean, I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, what matchups do we have in the Big 12 coming up this week? We have the Red River rivalry, obviously. Got to be uh, at 11 a.m. I just love how every year that's at 11 a.m., even this year, when I don't stupid. know who's got the 630 time slot but i would love to I, i'm gonna watch the ou texas game i'm gonna be excited to watch college football and watch the OU texas game do i have a rooting interest no not really not at all would i rather OU win I that game that. i honestly i yes i'd rather OU win that game even though i have a lot of family and cousins that went to university of texas and i have friends that went to university of texas 
I have way more friends and family that went to OU, being from Oklahoma and have a rooting interest for OU. And I mean, I mean, for all intents and purposes, now that now that we have not lost Big 12 game and OU's lost two, that puts us in the driver's seat of control. So as long as we went out, you know, everything's in our hands going forward. So that's why I kind of want OU to win. It's like, hey, as long as OU looks better and better, then that helps our postseason chances because now we're going to now the Pac-12 is coming back. The Big 10's back. You know what? It's not going to be, oh, there's the Big 12, the ACC and the SEC winner and random team. It's now going to be all Power 5 conferences are playing. So one's Power 5 conference to be left out. And that's honestly why I was excited that Tulsa beat UCF. That gives us more credit. Our one non-conference opponent is beating the top of the top team in the nation. You know, now I will say that about Missouri State or Houston Baptist or whoever else, right? As far as other non-conference opponents, the Big Twelve teams have played. Absolutely, and so this week coming up, there's actually only six Big Twelve teams that play. Um, so I guess four teams have a bye week. So we've got Texas Tech at Iowa State at three thirty on ABC. Uh, that should be a really good game. Based off how Iowa State played Texas, or based off how Texas Tech played Texas, um, Texas Tech might not be terrible this year. And I don't think they're ever terrible. I think they're literally average every single year. And then Kansas State plays at TCU. So we've got some competitive games uh, this this week. And then obviously we have your... uh, here, Miami, Miami against Clemson. What, that's the primetime game, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which is going to show a lot, I think, at least. Yeah, we we also have coming up this weekend. We got Tennessee, Georgia. That'll be interesting, fun game to see. I mean, we've got a lot of non-Big Twelve games that'll be that'll be at least I would say fun to watch. You know, Florida, Florida A and M, which I'm not. I'm not super concerned about because I think A&M's bad at football. Uh, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. That's also at 12 o'clock, my time. So I don't know why this Coastal Carolina-Louisiana game is showing up on my list as the first one when clearly I'm a Big 12 fan for everything I follow in Bleacher Report. And why, why is Notre Louisiana's Dame ranked 23? 5? Why is Notre Dame ranked 5? Do they just ride out their preseason rankings for the rest of the year? I I mean, it, they have Duke, USF, Wake, FSU, Louisville, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Clemson, at Boston College, at UNC, Syracuse. They are pro football focuses, uh, number one offensive line in highest grading. By a and wide I'd margin, so. they beat Georgia by 16 points in that. Because Wisconsin hasn't played yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Big Ten but those, yet. Are, those are the games you got this weekend. Um, so do it that way you may. Alabama plays Ole Miss at Ole Miss, which tends to always be kind of a tricky game, uh, especially because Ole Miss's offense looks really, really good. Uh well, let me ask but you yeah. this. Why is North Carolina ranked eighth in the country? That's not even historically, uh, I would say, North Carolina deserves that. There's What ranking are you going off of where North Carolina deserves number eight? Um, They're supposed to have a really good quarterback who I don't think is – like, I think he's good for college football, but he's like a bad Baker Mayfield, in my opinion. And if for some God knows why reason any – North Carolina quarterback or North Carolina fans are listening to this. Um, he's got a 62.5 QBR. So uh, leave me alone, but it's, and he's ranked 38 for someone that was allegedly some sort of Heisman contender. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's North Carolina and, and they were, no, you know why? It's because they have Mac Brown. That's why. It's because Mac ah, Brown's there. I forgot about that. They get the Texas benefit with Mac Brown. Yeah, they get the Texas benefit. And just like Miami gets the Miami benefit for being Miami, even though I think they're good. But you think Mac- you you said earlier you think Miami might be better than OU. You still holding to that? Yeah, I am. 
We've said it in the past. So, and and it purely comes down to the horses. Miami has the horses. OU doesn't this year, at least. I mean, if you're talking about the and recruits, like, like I, I know what like you they mean. They might have the coaching. They might have the coaching this year too. I mean, I literally know the expression "having the horses," but I just OU supposedly has the Heisman hopeful winning quarterback as a as a freshman on their team. You know, he'd be the first, I believe, the first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy since. Since Johnny Manziel, I believe, if he won it this year. Now, of course, he's, oh, you know, he's, I don't think he's, I don't think he's any shot right now, just for everything's worked out, but I don't know. Um, through three weeks, I'm not going to count him out completely, but I, I would say that OU, year in, year out, has some of the best recruits in the entire country. I don't think Miami has recruits year in, year out that do. I think it could be close this year, but. I think that's, well, I it's think Miami still could be the third best team in the ACC. Miami has the pot that is a lot better. Miami gets to recruit Miami. And I think everyone can be at a consensus that South Florida has the best recruits. They've just long been spread out. And because there's guys that go to Clemson that are from South Florida that end up being really good. There's guys that go to, Georgia from South Florida and end up being good. There's guys that goes to Alabama. You know, the list goes on and on of the guys that come out of South Florida. And I think the issue has been that Miami hasn't had the coaching and they haven't had the quarterback. Well, they might have both this year. It remains to be seen why the hell Derek King got his, his transfer release this year, why he was able just to freely transfer basically wherever he wanted. Mind you, it's the second year in a row that Miami has gotten a transfer quarterback because they got Tate Martell last year, who is bad. I know he's not good, but it, you know, the point remains that why, why he was able to just transfer there. I have no idea. I don't know if they wanted uh, Clemson to have a little bit more competition, but I, I think that they are actually a very good team this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, as we wrap up the podcast a little bit, any other things here? I mean, no, I would talk I more mean, ACC football, but I, I am. Yeah. The I Oklahoma know. state recap ended up probably at the 16 minute mark, you know, of the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I know. Um, Alabama looks just as good as they did last year. I mean, they don't miss a beat. Clemson doesn't miss a beat. So I that that game this weekend, that Miami Clemson game is really going to be a litmus test if Miami is good as I, as good as I think they are. We'll see. More to be revealed then, right? I think it's all, all that's all I can say for sure. I think that also at the same point, I just I just don't I you know I guess we'll see because I don't think Miami's that good. I think they get the benefit of being Miami and playing the ACC and not playing a bunch of tough competition. And for the flack that we want to give the Big Ten for not being that good, I think the flack is still right there for the ACC, to be honest. The ACC is worse. Okay, so all right. So we're, you know, we're on the same yeah. page. The, the Big Ten just plays bad football. Well. <laughs> uh, subjectively bad football. They play the, out of out of all the teams that play football, period, they play the yeah, they have the least amount of offense, you know, at least regularly now that the SEC scoring points, you know. I mean, Joe Burrow putting up sixty three in the national championship game for LSU when Alabama, I believe, and LSU combining for hundred over hundred points in their game this past season, you know, I mean quite SEC scoring now too. So Yeah. Well, and and it's like, hmm, Big Ten fans, think about this. Ohio State comes out and magically figures out how to score points. Do you really think your defenses are that good? Do you? Like, they're not. They're not that good. Because every time you guys play Ohio State, they still run you out of the park. Maybe your offenses are just that bad. You want to bash the Big 12 defenses, maybe our offenses are just that good. Hate to break it to you, but that's... That seems to be the common trend because even SEC defenses can't shut down Big 12 offenses, but everyone can shut down Big 10 offenses. 
and everyone can score on Big Ten defenses, except people in the Big Ten. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> I, we'll see how the Big Ten plays this season. I don't know. I'm always... And I'm hoping Michigan, Michigan State, you know, I'm hoping that game's really good this year against each other, and I'm hoping that, you know, hoping that uh, Blue and Maze looks good this year, I guess. I don't know. I still, am, <laughs> I still as a, you know, as a Detroit, um, technically re- Detroit resident, I still am undecided completely if I'm a Michigan or Michigan State fan, but I lean more Michigan just because I've been to their campus a bunch of times, and I mean, you know, I like Harbaugh, I don't hate him, and um, you know, historically, I think I've been a Michigan fan over not, but I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that somebody can contend against Ohio State this year, like really contend against him. You know, mm-hmm. that the Big Ten championship game this year won't be a blowout. I'm not saying last year's was. I think Wisconsin still played it pretty tough, or Minnesota ever played against them, but I don't know. We'll well we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. So we'll wait and see. All right. Well. Jake, thanks so much here for joining me on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And we'll catch everyone again very soon. Peace. Thanks, guys.